This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. Goes backwards, forwards. It takes us to a place where we ache to go again. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. Hello and welcome to the carousel. This is Isaac Simpson. I have with me today um, one of the bigger names that I've ever had on here. So very excited to welcome William Wheelwright. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. No, thank you so much. Um, obviously, I've been aware of you for quite some time. Um, I remember you from like about a year, a little over a year ago when I first sort of rejoined this whole thing, even though I've actually been in it for a long time. Um, you were just suddenly everywhere, like William mm. Realwright was everywhere. And you were, you were on uh, Caribbean Rhythms. You were um, you jumped on this space about the Montana article that I wrote like a forever ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're a very, you're an interesting character, uh, in the space because you have some experience in farming, but you mm-hmm. also seem pretty well versed in pretty much everything. So like, mm-hmm. what is your beat as they say? Yeah, certainly the origin of my account, uh, was as a sort of, you know, farm account uh explaining and sharing stuff about uh my farm um and interesting things that we do here uh and and it's still that to a degree but i think just as i made friends you know i i I, um i've had the account since 2020 i lurked for a year or two before that and i really became friends with people um in the last one or two years and um and so I think before I got to know some of the guys in our in our thing, um, I was just focused more on the farming and didn't really comment on other things, whether they be politics, culture, uh, history, philosophy, literature, et cetera, all of which I'm interested in. Um, and, you know, uh, <laughs> can't help but uh, comment on, I guess, uh, as everyone who posts on Twitter. Uh, and music and music. Yes, music too. That's my favorite. My favorite is your music tweets. Yeah, but no, I like if I have an area of expertise, it would be farming, but I just, uh, and I try, and people always, especially some of my older friends on Twitter, uh, encourage me to uh, focus on that a little more. And I noticed that some of the more, some of the most successful accounts are very focused. Yeah. Uh, You know, like Wrath of Non is very focused on like his thing with like architecture and, traditional kind of urban planning and so on and like chivalry guild and raw egg nationalists these guys all have very focused um messages and themes for their account and you know i kind of wish i could do that but um i'm too uh i'm too i guess uh adhd uh uh jack of all trades master of none type personality so i i i can't i i use twitter as as an outlet for um for the things that I can't say, uh, <laughs> in my daily life. Um, and so, uh, and, and there's a wide range of, of, within that category. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of a, 
I, I think uh, in terms of what you're saying about being, you know, having a niche versus um, not having a niche, you know, I think in the beginning, what I always tell people is uh, having a niche is like, it's like a bullet, like you're going to get in quicker and you're going to find, you're going to have much more immediate success because you're going to be really specific and people are going to look to you as the, you know, the most irritating thing in the world is those guys who put the blank guy on the top mm -hmm. of their Twitter. Like they, cause some person has told them like, become the guy who knows about this thing. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah. And, uh, but I think what's cool about you is that you're refusing to be the, like the farming <laughs> guy, you know, like you're like, fuck that. I'm not going to like, just talk about that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I, there, a, there's only so much you can share and, and, and explain about it. I mean, it's, well, there's a lot of, of minutia, but I think it gets a little bit uninteresting and it would just become repetitive. Uh, the sort of general messages that the, that people on Twitter actually, uh, would be eager to to read about um, versus um, that that's one side of the problem and B is just that I uh, I can't I I need I need to <laughs> to speak my mind I guess and uh, and and talk about these other things so yeah I, I that's just sort of the way my account has gone and um, yeah it's I'm you know it's a good time so you say you know you use it as a, a place to say all the things that you can't say in your real life. So mm -hmm. let's talk about that for a second. Mm -hmm. You, you know, I've listened to you. I heard you on Bennett's podcast uh, mm -hmm. and you guys had a little thing about, you know, going into finance or not. Mm -hmm. And just generally, you know, having listened to you and seen, seen you on Twitter, uh, it strikes me, you strike me as somebody who probably has some experience with the elites, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the people in this country who are, bank, you know, finance guys or real estate guys, or those, you know, the groups of kind of alpha dogs that uh, a lot of people really don't have experience with, but it seems like you do. Is mm -hmm. that true? Like, could you have gone into finance if you'd wanted? Yeah, yeah, definitely could have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know people who, who have, you know, both in my own age and older and, um, yeah, I think I think in general, not not finance specifically, but in general, what's you know um, what's so what's unappealing. And I remember when everybody, when I was in college, and everybody was you know interviewing at at different types of places, uh, banks and consulting firms and uh, law firms and stuff. Well, not really law firms as much, mostly banking and consulting. But um, yeah, uh, yep. the it just <laughs> and, and you know and from knowing having a sense of from from some other people in my life of what it used to be like uh on wall street and stuff like in the 80s or whatever it's just that it was like this wild wild west space i mean the banks were private uh it was mostly men um you it was it was basically like you know uh obviously they were very large um it's not like they were like small you know manabund or something but it was very much sort of the startup kind of space the place that ambitious young men who were highly competent went and um not just because you could make a shit ton of money, but because, you know, it was like, I think in, in some way, spiritually affirming, there were cool projects. You got to really um, uh, fulfill like the extent of your potential. If you had a lot of potential, you could go very far. And um, it was also like extremely challenging. 
Yeah. It was yeah. like very, very difficult to, to last, you know? I mean, those guys were working like insane hours and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not yeah. easy. It's highly competitive and it, it takes, uh, you have to perform at a very high level. So it's the same as any other kind of like um, elite draw. And, and back then it was much more human. I think it was more about your sort of ability to create relationships and you had to be very smart analytically as well. Um, and so being able to see, you know, good opportunities and stuff, uh, those two sides of it, the analytical and the, and the sort of more qualitative human side. Um, if you had both of those things, you could do very, very well. And uh, it seems to me now that uh, that, um, energy has shifted and if it exists at all, it exists, it existed maybe in like the startup space, but that seems to also no longer be the case. Uh, yeah. and, um, but what, what the banks have turned into is just sort of corporate, uh, longhouse HR type places where, you know, the best people, they're essentially training grounds for the best people. It's a great argument against, uh, the existence of academia. And I mean, essentially what happens is, um, academia functions and especially like the highest levels of academia function as uh you know a um a sorting mechanism a, a stratification mechanism for the as a service to you know top employers the goldman sachs of the world and um and those employers are able to select through their interview processes and so on from that strata that stratified uh thing that you know the universities provide as a service and that's the only real as far as i can tell the real you know, valuable service that um, universities provide at this point. They don't actually educate anybody. They don't add value to human beings the way they're supposed to. Um, in fact, they seem to detract value and not just in terms of like politics, obviously they make people more liberal for, for the most part, but they literally make you more dumb. I th they make you dumber, I think. And you, you know, there's been studies that show that you come out of college with less knowledge than you went in uh, <laughs> for a lot of people. And so um, universities- How, how would you test that? How, how could you test- how could like you literal, I mean, this is obviously on, I think this is on average. I don't know. I just remember hearing this somewhere like Jordan Peterson or something years ago about how, uh, yeah. you know, they just give people like a, a civics test or like a U.S. history test or something. Yeah. And obviously like time goes on, you don't remember everything. And you, you may have recently taken U.S. history in high school when you get into college. But uh, I think, I think the fact, you know, um, uh, it coheres with people's experience of what college is like as, you know, this sort of joke in terms of, um, you know, it's supposed to be a place where you like uh, gain knowledge and, and uh, you know, uh, become, you know, take the first steps towards some sort of expertise and sort of have a general um, informing process of, you know, what it means to be like a citizen in whatever country you're in. And uh, but but when you get there, it's just, you know, um, people just like ambitious people working really hard to like memorize stuff which is fine, but like, which I, I don't have anything against rote memorization, but memorizing like useless stuff. And then like, you know, a lot of uh, dumb beer drinking to like, you know, rap music and, and like smelly basements and stuff. And I like fraternities, but you know, that side of it, I don't see the appeal. And, yeah. um, and, uh, and yeah. And then, and then like for, and that's at like the top level. I mean, uh, you know, it, it presumably gets I, the, the, the notion that it, well, and the other thing I was going to say that I was I was talking to someone just the other day about this is just how how idiotic and how like how much of a self own I think in like in in historical retrospect it will be that we uh, enshrined like college sports to the degree that we have this is sort of a I don't think this is an innovative take or anything but just like the notion that sports are this important and this is like that we essentially compromise on like the pure notion of like an academic institution in order to 
uh, accommodate and like shoehorn them in. Um, and I don't think it's just because of money. I mean, obviously some of the biggest like football schools or whatever, it's a significant economic thing. And it's also not, you know, about student athletes and stuff, um, which I, I support, obviously, I think you should have an athletic life. I don't, but I just, I think it's crazy the degree to which you can, it's, it's, it's weighted as a criteria, as a criterion in, uh, in the admissions process. And then the importance that these things take on once you're on campus. Um, it just, it seems crazy to me. And I, I very nearly was a, uh, an athlete in college. I won't go into that for, uh, privacy reasons, but, um, but, uh, yeah, the, what I was saying is that, you know, the banks, the, 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 uh, academic, the, the academy is essentially defunct in terms of, uh, it's only the only, uh, social service that provides the stratification. But what happens is then the banks get these young, the best people, and then the best people of the best people after two years get trained by the banks and then leave to go into private equity. So, or to business school. And so there's really, you know, the, the banks function as the actual academy, uh, you know, you can just yeah, do yeah. this. Yeah, you could just yeah. do this when they're 18 and it wouldn't right. really make a difference. In fact, Wait, it would right. probably right. be better. That's what it should be. They should just go straight yeah. into the banks, which will actually yeah. be a real sorting mechanism instead of total bullshit. Yeah, it's essentially yeah, it, yeah. it go it just it's just a return to like the apprenticeship yeah. method that like yeah. all all banks, law firms, businesses, and medical practices had a hundred years ago and you know, in some form for centuries before that. Uh, and it's the only real way to actually, you know, other than like pure cerebral concepts like math, like, you know, math and physics and stuff, and maybe, uh, you know, the classics and things like that. Um, there's if, if what you're going to do is is be a banker or a lawyer or a doctor, um, other than, you know, the sort of most basic stuff, which really, if you're that smart and you're that advanced, you could learn as a high schooler. Um you should just learn by doing, you should learn, you know, and, and we do do that with, with doctors and lawyers and stuff, but, um, well, you know. but after a very long time yeah. in yeah, the exactly. other area, I mean, this yeah. is what they do in Europe, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in Europe, it's basically what you're saying, because in Europe yeah. it's, you know, like law school is a total joke. And then mm -hmm. basically your, your, uh, you know, your, um, internship is your law school in in europe you know which is definitely how it should be but anyway so all right so you have this group of uh you know when i was coming up i lived in new york city and i hung out with a group of people who were very you know blackstone Citibank, um you know very much this class of of elites mm -hmm. and in la i've spent a lot of time hanging out like the the goldman sachs people of la besides the caa people are uh real estate you know real estate is really in la our like elite class for whatever mm -hmm. reason mm -hmm. so you know i've hung out with these people you remind me of them a lot mm -hmm. and you know there are people who are almost like you know they just have so much going for them and they're so you know uh th like they're the people who um you know like remember you're probably maybe too young for this but like like it used to be if you went to move to New York and you worked at Deutsche Bank for 10 years, mm -hmm. you were pretty much like minted. Like you, you mm -hmm. then became part of a class that goes and is a CEO at this place. It's almost like being a diplomat, right? Mm -hmm. You serve as like three years for the CMO of this company, three years for the CMO of this company. You just get like minted as like an elite basically, you know? Yeah. And th that's how it was 
when I was coming up. That's what the road that a lot of my friends that I hung out with in New York were on. And that's what you kind of see out here. But uh, it seems to me like what you're saying is like, the reason you didn't do that is because that just doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't... Um the the appeal i mean before you even get to the actual outcomes the appeal of like the day-to-day -day existence um wasn't there for me uh and uh, <laughs> it just um and i understand and you 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 still i mean i think that it it's attractive to people to go into that because it's it's become a stepping stone like i was just saying and also because yes if you um if you stick around for 10 years, you're, you're still yeah. going to be like very well off. Um, it, you're, it, it's sort of lame. I mean, to like become from what I can tell, like becoming like an MD or something is, uh, that, that lifestyle is not that exciting. Um, but you know, it's obviously very stable. You're working for these behemoths that will, that are essentially insured by the American taxpayer, as we know from 2008. Yeah. Um, uh, and, um, it's very yeah. unlikely that anything, barring like major catastrophe that anything will go wrong for you. So if you're a risk averse type person who doesn't really care about like doing anything exciting or prestige or something like that, then yes, um, that's, that's a good job for you, but there's so much bigger now as well. I mean, I don't actually know off the top of my head how much they've sort of ballooned between like 1990 and today, but um, it, it must be orders of magnitude in terms of size. So that just means even though they were already not small businesses before um, in terms of the actual personnel, um, the likelihood that you are going to do anything important or, yeah. or interesting Zero. is uh, very low. And I, I just have always um, not really um, been able to uh, get myself to enter into situations where that's going to be like my day-to-day -day life. I've always wanted to be um, in charge, in charge of myself and, uh, and in charge of other people if need be. And that's what it's like on the farm. And I started doing that when I was a teenager and uh, it is where it is now. So um, uh, yeah, that, and it was an, it, it, it continues to be an adventure, you know? Um, and so that, that side of it, you know, you tell people about it from the normie world and they're just like, yeah, can't believe exactly. it. I mean, yeah. um, <laughs> and yeah. uh, they can't believe that it's possible to succeed. They can't believe it's possible to create something basically from nothing. They can't believe that someone like me would want to do it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's obviously rare just because not that many people have access to that kind of opportunity. But um, well, I yeah, think well, they just look at you like when I, I went to a bachelor party of a bunch of these dudes once mm -hmm. and it was really fun. I mean, it's like, you know, when you're hanging out with people like this i think that this is something that's pretty much hidden to most people in our scene when you're in that environment with these like really rich powerful guys like that is they are alpha males right i mean they are totally like the way that they do things the way they operate is very much like you know they do whatever the fuck they want all the time pretty much mm -hmm. and it's impressive and it's kind of addictive to be around but when i'm around them you know, and I have these like opinions about things, mm -hmm. they're just kind of like, why? Like, <laughs> yeah. they're like, like, why do you care? You know, like, because to them, it's like the point of life is to play the game and mm -hmm. you win, either you win the game or you lose the game. So why the fuck would you ever like have anything to say? You know, they, they look at me like, what, like, why, why do you care about this? Like, 
like they think it's dumb to like get bogged down in culture or politics. They're just like, yo, make money, get power and like fuck bitches. Like that's all that they really care about, you know? Yeah. Well, the regime, um, the, they're the winners of the regime. Yeah. Other than, you know, as <laughs> obviously the winners are like, you know, um, are them and, you know, like race scholarship. Yes, people. exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, exactly. like but that's but they're the, the still payment. that's like the compromise is the race scholarship person is yeah it indemnifies them right yeah and so i think you know when we talk about like autism online you know it's just this inability to like ignore yeah uh, what's going on inability to like go right. along with something that um that just you know you you I think what those guys have is, is tolerance for like the sort of, you know, yeah. micro um, micro events of each day that are like, you know, that make life kind of shitty, but they, they see the bigger picture that like, you know, in 10 or 15 years, they'll have a hot wife and like uh, a big house. Yeah. And I, it, that's what you're kind of, if you grow up or even if you don't grow up in that kind of milieu, um, they, that's what you're trained by. Like, you know, the, media propaganda to to desire and i think there's nothing wrong with that um i think actually they're trying to get rid of that as well and make everyone happy with like third world conditions in cities and outside of cities too and and they're trying to actually make people um you know romanticize that which i think is which they're doing actually quite effectively i think and and um and uh that's very bad and i think maybe well um yeah so you know what they have is is the ability to just ignore that stuff. And I think that that was, that was something that I just didn't really have if, if, you know, or the ability to like go along with things. Um, and, uh, you know, that was just, that's just something that I've never really been able to do, uh, you know, to like um, go to like the diversity training thing or whatever. Yeah, uh, and we had them in college and I just, I just saw immediately, um, how you know where everything would be uh it, just because you could tell from and i remember writing about this when i was in college uh just that you could you know these colleges where and i have that i have a sort of on a larger scale the same take about farming but um we can set that aside for now colleges where you know the the future realities of like social life in america um first emerge um uh why it's like that uh it seems to be the result of you know, a disordered uh, uh, weighting of importance of institutions. I mean, I don't think that, I think that it's, we, you know, we should do as much as we can to um, to demote you know, the, the the academy in terms of its influence. Um, yeah. You know, I think if, if, you know, for example, if like Republicans were uh, at all savvy, I mean, they all talk about how, um, you know, schools are woke or whatever, but like the student debt thing is a great example of um, the only reason student debt ever existed is because uh, is because <laughs> because a the government insures it, uh, yeah. so just like healthcare, they can charge essentially whatever they want. And you know, one one thought experiment to help people who don't understand this understand is just that why is Yale this more or less the same price as like you know. Uh, Transylvania University or something, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, which is a real school in Lexington, Kentucky, by the way. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
but, but you know, I don't actually know how much Transylvania is, but <laughs> there, there, the, 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 not just in quality of education, but the actual product, which is that you'll be able to like get a good job and have a better reputation in life if you went to Yale. Um, the gulf in in the gulf in that category between those two things does not correspond at all to the difference in price. And the reason for that is that if you are on if you have a student loan to Transylvania, um, yeah. the government insures that student loan for the rest of your life, including to when you are on Social Security, when they'll take it out of your Social Security. So uh, Transylvania is incentivized to charge as much as it wants. It doesn't actually have. Um, and, and so that's that's one reason that student debt exists. And then the other is that. Uh, um, just the total failure in in the academy itself to 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 generate um, a product that you know the student the graduate that uh, is actually skilled and is able to pay off his loan. So um, those two things uh, those two things together uh, create that situation and and make it so that um, and uh, what was I going to say? They make it they make um, they create those conditions you know um, where where the, uh, the academy is able to, is able to influence society in that way. Um, yeah, yeah. no, no, I think, I think, uh, what you're saying is exactly right. That it's like, um, I think we started this by saying that we're sort of like, um, incentivized not to care about things that matter. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, um, you know, and I think what you're saying is we we have the colleges really served at one point as a place where people who did care about the destination of society found themselves, right? I mean, it was like, what, 10% of society, maybe, you know, the, the remnant, 20% of society found themselves in college. And that's what it, who it was for. It was for the twenty percent of the people in the world who are going to do the work to learn the classics, to learn our history, to learn other languages. It was for the people who should be in charge of society. And then, at a certain point, we opened it up to everybody, right? And mm -hmm. I think in opening it up to everybody, we lost the part of college where it was about like here's your morals, here's your ethics, here's like, as somebody who's going to be in charge of the society that you live in, here's the thing you should care about. You should be raising your hand and passionately arguing for this or that, right? But then really it just became this cattle call mm -hmm. for every normie in the fucking world to just be milked by banks, right? Mm -hmm. Which is exactly what you're saying. And so the whole enterprise basically got destroyed. And now the only thing that you have is people going into banks and other employers. And, and those people aren't going to teach you the classics. You know, those people aren't going to teach you like what Aristotle says about like how to, you know, run your life. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of like uh, most of the people don't have the mental capacity to be moral. And in a way, like opening up colleges to everybody, instead of making everybody uh, smarter, just made everybody dumber, you know, or in sort of making everybody have more responsibility just gives everybody less responsibility. Well, democratizing the the academy made made the yeah. standards lower uh, yeah. in order to democratize. You have to lower the standards. And so 
uh, the original idea was that there are smart people out in like the middle and lower classes that we should get. Yeah. And then that idea just became, got way out of hand. And all of a sudden, you know, um, you don't have to know Greek and Latin to get into Harvard, which you, you had to know before, um, right. and these sorts of things. And so, uh, the actual meaning of what it, what it means to like have a diploma or be a graduate of, of any college, especially the, the bigger colleges just gets watered down because they're accommodating people who actually are less capable. Yeah. Um, and if, if not less capable, then just less, less well-trained early in life. And it doesn't matter whether they're more capable or not. Uh, it's just too late to catch them up. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, and it, I think, you know, in terms of the, the, the fact of the matter is that in terms of, uh, the, 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 the idea of like a university or even, uh, like a, like an Eton, like a prep school, um, you know, it's not, <laughs> there's other, there's not actually much point for a banker to, to have that classical education, I don't think in reality. I mean, it's good for them to have basic, like what I would consider to be a high school level and a good high school level, a traditional high school level education about who the who we are in the West, what this means, uh, uh, what, you know, where, how it is that we arrived at the point that we're at now um, and other basic things like that. But in terms of like having putting someone who's going to spend the rest of their life in banking through, which is a, the, the most prestigious uh, industry to work in now, I guess. Um, it's just, I mean, bankers are uh, like lawyers and like doctors. Um, ultimately, I think it's like a trade. I, I, it's, it's not like, I mean, just because it's like mathematical and, uh, and, and kind of cerebral doesn't mean that uh, it's any less, it's any less of a trade or requires like, more or less ethical behavior than like running, you know, a construction company or something or working at a construction company for that matter. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily advocate, you know, if it were up to me, if I could wave a magic wand, I would, you know, the, the academy, the universities would be only for people who want to go into, you know, like, um, extremely high level, uh, astrophysics uh it's just not needed for other things like that and yeah. and yes like uh for people who want to become uh professors and teachers i mean uh it's good for them to have extremely deep level knowledge but you know another thing that's that's gone wrong in the academy is the degree to which it's become specified uh the, these professors have very very if to the extent you know in the best of cases they have very very deep knowledge of some esoteric random subject that only they care about and uh, and even they don't really care about it in a lot of cases. I found when I was in college, um, and, uh, and but but you know we need if for teachers we need people who have like you know a BAP like uh, wide wide range of 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 knowledge about lots of different things, uh, so that they can answer a high school a random curious high schoolers question compellingly. And I think that's really been in my experience the major failure is just that people. You'll ask somebody a question, a teacher or a professor or someone who's in a position of prestige, and they'll give you some bullshit answer, you know, like uh, they don't actually know, but they have yeah. to pretend like they do because um, or else they don't justify the position that they're in. So, uh, the, yeah, this is all all of this contributes uh, to conclude to just the general lowering of of standards in the West, uh, you know, the sort of meme of like plane crashes or whatever that, but, you know, plane, planes are crashing more frequently than ever before, but that, that, but just in, in every aspect of life, uh, when you democratize 
not just society in general, but these institutions like the university, which it hasn't really even been democratized to that much of a degree. I mean, I think only like 35% of Americans go to college, but that's still enough to, um, that's still enough enough to cause uh, a problem like this because um, you end up a with a bunch of with a bunch of like parasitic middle managers uh, who who have the degree and society feels it has it owes them something because they have a degree um, and needs to needs to create a warehouse in which to put them, which is what the middle the middle the management of like the HR departments are, and um, and b because uh, where was I? I can't remember, but you you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah. 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 No, I I think it's interesting. I mean, I think I think the the thing that I really like wanted to get, you know, ask you about was just this same feeling that I have of this eye of of like the the elites looking to me and being like, you know, like like what why would you do this? You know, like why would you care so much about these things? Like why not just go fucking make money and shut the fuck up? You know, like which mm-hmm. I've heard many times. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've always been much, uh, you know, pr- much more of an outsider, but, um, you know, I, I, but I think you're giving a great, a great answer and a great sort of uh, treatise here about how these pipelines towards these supposedly fancy jobs are just completely warped. And really the only place to put excellence is in a dissident container in today's world, right? I mean, it's like we've almost been forced to do this because there is no institution that will allow excellence anymore. I mean, really, and nothing is unpolluted. Like every single thing, I mean, even mathematics, right? It's all now polluted with this mediocrity. So really the only thing we can do is to become against the system. You know, I mean, it seems like it's the only option. Yeah, and I think that's the case for a lot of a lot of the frogs um, who are sort of natural professors, natural academics, but the system rejects them, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for for because it it wants to promote other things, (laughs) so to speak. Um, It is amazing how many of our parents, my, my parents are academics. I mean, I mean, my parents are shitty academics. The the other people have have good ones, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think also like. A good a good question to ask is, um, you know, what does what does modern academia test for? Uh, I think my, in my experience, it basically just tested for like obedience and um, and 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 willing, uh, you know, hours spent memorizing, basically hours spent developing the skill of test taking. And you know, uh, I think if you're smart, you can you can just breeze through that pretty easily. But um, you you still you know in order to get like an A plus, uh, you have you know you're competing against uh, like the Asian girl or whatever who spent the whole the whole last night studying and so yeah. um, and of course you know uh, that's not the only criteria for um, for that for employers that are hiring but your GPA or whatever but just in terms of as a as a kind of theoretical thought experiment asking yourself what what are we actually testing for what are the ba- what's the basis of like the stratification service that i was just as i described academia earlier um it's not you know it's not any of these things like uh drive to excellence or um or you know for the, for the sake of excellence 
or sort of natural ability, natural kind of curiosity and like uh, um, genius. Um, instead, those things are, are actually more uh, stultified and, and smothered and, uh, and, you know, kind of this more rote, like <laughs> um, good boy, uh, obedient memorization yeah. type um, model of behavior is what is uh, rewarded. And so yes. you, that gets reflected then in the uh, professional world, because yeah. that's what the whole that's the whole purpose of academia at this point. Yeah, I mean, you it, it to me, it's uh, impossible to separate this from just the tipping point of women being in these institutions. You know, like I'm not here to say that it's all bad. I'm not here to say there's anything wrong with women. But to me, basically, what happened is, you know it was all fun and games. Feminism was basically all fun and games until about 2013 when suddenly inside these institutions, the number of women tipped from like 25% to like 51%. Mm -hmm. And it was like almost overnight as the institutions got to that level, they all just flipped over. Like they basically flipped over into being, into being something that they weren't before. And before there was a certain amount of tolerance for, you know, ang not angry, but like um, independent thinking men, right? Mm -hmm. Which is inevitably going to be tied into excellence because if all you're trying to do is be like the people behind you, then you're never going to be excellent. excellent. Excellence mandates a certain amount of originality. Mm-hmm. And yes. essentially, that is what the system stopped selecting for. You stop selecting for original thought. And it just became how good can you replicate, you know, what you've been told to do? Yep. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't have anything to add to that. I think, yeah, the 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 presence of certainly what I was describing earlier about you know, middle management, this notion of that the economy has to accommodate yeah. everybody who went to college. Uh, and, and this is mandated by law. It's not like the businesses have any natural incentive to like have an HR, have a huge HR department or have a huge like compliance department. That's a whole other thing. But um, these things are, are created, I think, in part because we have this oversupply of um, kind of, you know, people who expect to have a desk job because they got a degree as opposed to, you know, an asphalt pouring job, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, which, which is their, or, or, you know, a toilet cleaner, which is their, their natural destiny in, uh, in most cases. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, through, through law and through, um, through regulations, the, those, those kinds of departments are mandated and, uh, and specifically, you know, of course the connection of, um, uh, co-education co and the emergence of HR departments, uh, you know, it took a little while for them to really become as powerful as they are now. Uh, you know, co-education really became a thing in the early seventies and, and HR departments, I think they've had some power, but really me too is like kind of the, yeah. they're, they're big, but you know, that's not, not really that long in, in, in the grand scheme of things. And you think of where from you were coming from, you know, these male dominated um, office spaces that, uh, it just took a long time for that kind of generational shift to take place, but now it's fully taken place and you can draw a line between those two events, I think um, pretty, pretty directly. So 
So yeah. what do you, let me ask you this. What do you make of this whole thing of, uh, you know, I think the opposing argument to this, and this is something that our side has to answer for ourselves is okay. Well then go be a criminal or if not be a criminal, go be a, uh, you know, somebody who is, uh, I just saw a thing on Twitter, like waving a gun in the screen, you know, just be a total fucking gang. Like just fuck the whole thing. Right. Go have, like, as BAP says, you don't right now, the whole IQ debate kind of favors this managerial. It also is favoring managerial, soft, weak behavior. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, did you want China or India? Uh, I mean, those places have high IQs. Uh, right, exactly. So it's, it's not like, just about IQ. Right, right, right. So then what what do you think we should do? Like, what is a guy like you then going to do? Because we obviously like belong in the academy, but the academy has rejected us. So now what, you know, like we can't sit around and just be like, oh, we wish we were in the academy you know what I'm saying? But too bad it isn't. But at the same time, like so many of our guys look down upon people who, you know, they look kind of look down their noses at people who like uh, completely reject it. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, what do we do? Yeah, it's a tricky question. It's kind of the big question, I guess. Um, but I think, um, you know, I was watching, uh, <laughs> I was watching, um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a guy did a space on um, on uh, Kerouac, and uh, there's a funny, uh, there's a really funny um, firing line episode with Kerouac uh, from uh, you know Bill Buckley um, had this. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I think I remember uh, that. And it was shortly before his death, which he, uh, for those who don't know, he died young of alcohol related <laughs> yeah. issues. Yeah. But um, there was. So it was Kerouac who's sort of the founder of this beatnik thing, which is like this proto hippie yeah. movement in the late fifties. And, um, you know, they're sort of talking, there's, there's Kerouac, there's an academic who's like studies this, this is in the early seventies by now. So, uh, you know, um, the sixties are already over. It's a little more like Matt, it's the, the leftists to the extent that they're there are more like Maoist violence in the weather underground and stuff. And then there's this like radical hip uh, leftist guy um, with like long hair and stuff. And um, the leftist guy, I think if, you know, if he were to exist on Twitter today, he would be like this loser. <laughs> like, he was like, well, like Buckley asked him, like, what are you doing to like, you know, advance your agenda or something? Well, we're, we've created a, a new magazine and um, we're spreading our ideas. And like, uh, you know, we're trying to get, we're trying to convince people uh, that we're right. This kind of thing. And, and like, I don't know, it just struck me as so, um, me personally, so um just kind of weak but uh and like lame and like idealistic and unrealistic and but on the other hand uh they did win um, it's yeah. not just because people founded magazines obviously they had huge institutional support yeah um not just within america but internationally uh, but you know i think that's just to to give a bit of color to to the to the question which I'll answer now, which is what do what does a guy you know who who doesn't have necessarily access to um, other opportunities whose whose only real option in life is to have kind of a normie job, whether it's uh, you know of any of any form, um, but still is kind of 
agrees with everything that we say. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't really, I don't have a, a super optimistic or compelling answer for that. I think, um, I do think that we sort of, uh, have no choice, but to uh, wait for Caesar. Um, and I think <laughs> the, the, I mean, I, I don't know why I'm laughing. I, I think you're totally, I think you're totally right. But I mean, one does not wait for Caesar though, do they? I mean, it's like, I know that we say this, but it's like, don't we have uh, some responsibility? I mean, it's like, it seems like we have to do something, right? Yeah. I think, you know, to the extent you can, um, uh, and I think it actually does it, you know, from what I've seen lately, especially as, as certain, certain guys and certain elements in our thing have uh, made progress and started to actually do things in the real world. Um, I think that, you know, that kind of thing, like putting your opinions out there, being funny, being compelling, uh, making fun of the regime, some is dead and so on actually does um, make a difference in terms of, um in terms of convincing the people that we need to convince, you know, uh, patrons and and other powerful people um, who are who are fed up and who who want to um, support uh, people like us, and so I think that you know, just even just posting, but certainly writing, if you're if you're someone who writes, doing that in your spare time is good. I think. Uh, I mean, I think just personally, um, you know, I don't. When I say wait, I don't mean sit around and wait and do nothing. I think. Um, Everybody, everybody in their individual lives uh, can benefit and can, you know, this is this is nothing new, but can can benefit the people around them and can change people's minds just by sort of living out some of our ideas. I mean, obviously, kind of, you know, working out and 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 the importance of the body, physical reality uh, is is sort of the most common version of this. But um, there are other versions as well. There are other iterations of it. And also, I think in terms of your professional life, um, there are opportunities to you know, without getting yourself fired, um, uh, be subversive. You probably have at least one other person in your office who may not be, if may not be uh, as sympathetic towards Austrian painters as you, but, uh, <laughs> but who, uh, but who agree that like this woke stuff is ridiculous and you can form alliances with them. And, um, everybody can, even in the sort of normie context, uh, can, can do that where they're, you know, um, they're sort of uh, you're 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 forming secret uh, <laughs> secret alliances to to you know even in your own small context um, win win the battles of the day. I think this is a very real thing, um, and uh, and yeah, I think at the uh, you know I think one of the we were talking about kind of like um, democratization and individualism. Um, this idea that you know what you were saying earlier, you were saying how the academy it was originally just to train the elites basically and now it's trained supposed to train everybody like bernie sanders everybody should go to college <laughs> uh but so that the it put those two things together and the the sort of underlying idea is that everybody is his own elite and um and and that's one thing that we're we're trying to reject but you know that's kind of the reality that we're living in uh for the moment unfortunately and so for those kind of even on those sort of micro scale situations I think it does make a difference. Um, and I don't really, I, I don't know if I want to be specific here, but um, yeah, I think I think those sorts of things is, are all you can do. I mean, I, I don't think it helps anyone to get fired. I don't think it helps anyone to go to rallies full of feds. Um, I don't think it helps anyone to 
um, yeah, to make yourself uh, a pariah and and unattractive to women. I think these are all those are all steps in the wrong direction. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think there are things you know. There's there's plenty there's plenty you can do as just a a regular guy um, in your own life. I mean, I, I think where I was going with that elites thing is that people. Uh, the democratization of the idea of an elite, this every every man is his own elite. You know, people think that they're going to be the Caesar or that if we're waiting for Caesar, that means that I have to become the Caesar. Uh, <laughs> but obviously that's, you know, you should disabuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, that is what I'll say is, is good about our guys is we, you know, hierarchy, our, you know, urge towards hierarchy is hurting us now, but it'll be much better later on. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, the left is hyper-socialized and that helps them a lot. Mm. It hurts us because we're not hyper-socialized. I, the reason why we're so poorly funded in comparison to them is because they are naturally distributors of wealth. They just do that on their own without trying. Whereas we lack patronage because we just don't have that instinct like they do quite in the mm. same way. And so, you know, our hierarchy in a way hurts us, but I also will say they always kill each other. You know, I mean, they always, they snipe each other. Like this thing that just happened to, uh, you know, Ibram X. Kendi or whatever, this comes from some enemy of his, Yeah. you know, like they inevitably tear each other all down. Right. Well, yep. well, that that's not going to happen to us once we're in positions of power. It's just the problem is kind of getting there from here, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, I think lots of encouraging things are happening. Um, uh, you know, like what? Well, I just think, you know, uh, Lomez's thing, uh, is, is great. And it's, there's that, that this kind of, you know, um, this network of, of dissident thinkers, uh, that, you know, emerged in emerged seven or eight years ago and has, has recruited more and more interesting people, um, is actually doing doing real things in the real world, getting attention from from big people. I think this is a uh, you know this and Man's World and, and the Asylum Magazine, which has had a lot of um, which has had, has had a lot of you know kind of big normie name people contribute to it. These are all uh, encouraging signs. Uh, and you know, I think um, I think on the one hand we want to be uh, a kind of avant garde, but uh, in terms of you know in the sense that we don't ever want to be democratic or popularized and i think that's one thing that <laughs> pap right now is working against is this sort of you know taking taking the, the longhouse idea and just saying oh that's the same thing as uh feminism you know uh that's just uh which is Wait, never what did. is he what is he saying about the longhouse well i think that like you know as more and more people hear about it it becomes at least on twitter like a a thing a more popular term yeah. it just gets reduced to um just the idea of like modern feminism or something is the equivalent of the longhouse. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's referring to, right, you know, right, right. this something. sort of uh, Neolithic yeah. um, right. European agricultural societies that were, uh, you know, run by old women, basically. Um, and so yeah. it's, it's slightly different from just like feminism. Um, yeah, no, I, that I definitely understand. And look, it's good to gatekeep a little bit because, yeah, you know, that keeps it pure. So uh, I, I know you got to go here in a second. What what do you think that we are like most like, you know, like historically, like when, when you're looking at history and you're seeing what's going on with us, mm-hmm. wh- what do you kind of like see it as similar to historically? Mm-hmm. 
That's a good question. Off the top of my head, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's it's not really. It sounds normy to say like um, you know the the sort of like Roger Scruton um, like Hungarian Polish like underground uh western sympathetic resistance and i don't really like that comparison because i think they were like libs basically mm-hmm. uh <laughs> just not not communists they were like menshevik <laughs> menshevik uh, outcasts from the bolshevik thing and um yeah but i do think that like situationally it's it's somewhat similar i mean obviously it's very difficult to compare to anything more than a couple centuries ago because just modernity is is so unique in its conditions in terms of just the sheer mass of, of man there's so many people and the the democrat the 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 plague of democracy um you know the influence that that has and also um i think especially in the 20th century it's similar because we're we're agitating against kind of psychosocial conditions that um that have never afflicted man before especially yeah. about like you know spiritual in terms of his spirituality and um his yeah. relationship to like mortality for instance for instance i think covid is very interesting no, no i'm probably going to write about this because nobody's really written about it in a way that i find satisfactory but in terms of like the covid chimp out for example which we were you know trying to <laughs> which we were certainly dissident against um the reason I, my theory would be that the reason that that happened so insanely and aggressively is just because the specter of death, uh, you know, especially for boomers reared its head in a way that no one has ever really experienced or had to deal with. Whereas for the rest of human history, for, for all ages, um, death is a a daily, a daily experience and possibility. Um, And so this, this comfort that we live in, is also part of the and and this alienation from from death, for example, is also part of the reason why um, we're so I think complacent and it's so difficult to to get anything moving um, yeah. in a real way. Whereas you know the the sort of trite and commonplace take that like if the founding fathers you know saw where we are now they would they would chimp out, uh, which obviously they would, but they lived in very different conditions and they and. And especially in terms of what I'm talking about and, and that influenced their willingness to risk their lives. Yeah. Um, So I heard you talk about this a little bit on, on Bennett's show. I think this is fascinating. You should totally write about this. I I think it's a great, great point. How somebody else wrote about this in, in some format, but it was, we live in a cult of people who are terrified of death. Mm-hmm. And the boomers are basically the perfect, that's what they are. They're people yeah. who are afraid of death, basically, mm-hmm. you know, and they want to live forever and they can't, they're so separated from it that they can't uh, handle it. And I think you're totally right about COVID. And that's a, that's a great uh, essay topic. Yeah. And I think you, so, it, link, it links into your thing because it's like uh, farming brings you closer to the cycle of life every day, which they're separated from. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not a mistake that we're so separated from farming and separated from death at the same time. Yes. Yeah. To, to, to conclude, to answer your question, the reason that I brought that up is because um, I just think that you have to make a modern comparison because modernity uh, is so unique. It's impossible really to compare our thing, except on the most basic level, to um, 
to anything except the past hundred or so years. Uh, and so, yeah, I would say, I would say this kind of, the thing is we're not underground, obviously we're not, we're, we're saying what we say publicly on Twitter. It's not like we say anything different in the group chats than what we say on, on the time. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, generally speaking, it's, yeah. um, it's very public and out there. Obviously we're anonymous. So, um, yeah, so. so it's hard for Antifa or something to figure out who we are, but it's, you know, the FBI can figure out who we are. The CIA can figure out who we are very easily, yeah. uh, even with Elon, uh, even Elon in charge of Twitter. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think I would say, who are we like? I would say we're like, uh, we're like the, um, you know, the, the libs uh, fighting, fighting the commies under uh, <laughs> behind the iron curtain. So, okay. All right. I like it. Um, yeah. Cool. I think we're most like uh, people hate this, but when I see what we are, we, you know, we're a cultural movement as far as I can see. And I think that as a cultural movement, we're really more like an arts movement than, yeah. you know, we're, we're like the, the neo, the, like the futurists or, mm-hmm. you know, even like, I, obviously this is the cringiest comparison ever, ever, but have you ever seen a movie called 24 hour party people? Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I know about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, Manchester, 80s, punk rock. Punk rock was right wing as fuck. Joy Division. I mean, oh, it's yeah, a definitely. direct reference, you know? Yeah. And it's that kind of reminds, like that movie reminded me of like, it felt like that's kind of what we're doing. But um, yeah, anyway, there's something, right. punk, I think the punk, the, what we don't, I got to go, but uh, no, no, yeah. to respond Please. to that, because I find it very interesting. And I I loved punk music growing up, uh, yeah. Sex Pistols and, and uh, the Ramones and stuff. But I... I found, you know, it's, it's happened, it's happening in the late seventies. It's in this era of, you know, imminent destruction, whether nuclear, nuclear brinkmanship, you know, you grow up in school having to like hide under your desk in like, you know, nuke drills uh, and also uh, inflation, stagflation. So, you know, your, your bank account could be wiped out at any moment uh, because of, uh, you know, hyperinflation. So this dual, like, you know, the imminence of everything being taken away um, by powers beyond your control leads to this uh, nihilism, I think. But yeah, I actually, you know, I, one of my takes, I feel like I posted this early on and so it didn't really get much attention, but I feel, I think it's a good take. Like the Sex Pistols, two most famous songs, God Save the Queen and Anarchy in the UK. They're actually, um, they're kind of this bizarre genre of like reverent, um, reverent satire. It's like this, yeah. this jester type role that Johnny Rotten specifically plays of like you know he's lamenting the the loss of like the british monarchy and god save the queen uh yeah. and but he's making fun of the the fact that it's gone and and i mean making fun of it's almost not even the right word he's he's pissed that it's gone and that life is so shitty for you know working class they were all irish by the way a uh, little known fact uh working class irish guys but um but um yeah like that that life has become so terrible for what you know 40 years before was, uh, you know, the, the top empire in the world. Uh, and so, um, it's, but, but he doesn't do it in, in a purely nihilistic way. Uh, they don't do it in a purely nihilistic way. And I think that's similar to us. We, um, there's, there's, there's an element of nihilism. There's an element of, you know, annihilate everything that exists that, that the fact that that became, it has become such a meme, uh, is for a reason but there's also this kind of like reactionary conservatism, like, um, 
you know, a desire for the past, whether it's, you know, ancient Greece or like, I don't know, the American founding or something for more normie people. But, um, but yeah, uh, I agree with that. Actually, I think that's a good take. Hopefully we have a better outcome than they did. <laughs> well, Johnny Rotten's based. I saw him. Yeah. I, I saw him in Pasadena and he was screaming about free speech. You know, he was, he's, he hates woke shit, I think. Yeah, I'm sure he does. He, yeah, the, uh, yeah. the song bodies is, is a very based song. Um, yeah. uh, but also, uh, there's a great video of him from the two thousands where he's like on a, a London double decker bus and, uh, it's like 30 minutes long and they just, they drive by all the, horrible modern monstrosity buildings and he just he he in a very based way uh uh lampoons them and uh <laughs> them, you know theoretically so yeah that's great man um all right well i'll let you go you don't have any places to send anybody on your website on twitter currently but i've heard rumblings of a book we don't have to get into it but but i don't know <laughs> if you want to say anything about that or just keep us in uh yes right, stay somewhere. tuned stay tuned there will be a book uh we need a better name than wheelwright book though it doesn't, it doesn't have the bat book it needs to be the wheel book for, <laughs> i think it's funny because it's so it's so many syllables uh, yeah but uh but yeah no um uh we will there will be a title and there will be a book hopefully early 2024 nice so stay tuned for that it, do uh, we have do you have can you say anything about the topic i mean or is it going to be about farming is it going to be really uh, it's going to be a series of essays that are you know loosely connected but uh yeah it's a, there's going to be a chapter about farming but it's going to be about all the types of things that i post about and uh and i'm interested in uh generally speaking um i can't give too much away but uh but yes it will be it will be an interesting book i i hope everybody will buy it oh i will i certainly will um cool man well dude thank you so much really appreciate it yeah, man. Thanks talk for having me soon. on. All right. Yeah, we'll Peace. talk soon.